Hello, summoners, and welcome to Lollapalooza. I am your host, Drew Frere, a.k.a. Adamisk, and with me, as always, I have my friend Casey, a.k.a. Neatherdagger. Now, today, we are going to talk to you about some of the biggest news in the League of Legends world, and boy, is there a lot of it. How you doing, Casey? I'm good. How are you, Drew? Doing pretty good. I'm trying to get my head around all the stuff that's happened in the world of League of Legends this week, from the LCS to Valentine's Day and to the patch 4.2, which changed, frankly, almost everything. Yeah, no, I agree. We have a lot of information to cover over this podcast. Definitely. And I mean, let's start out with the simple stuff. 4.2 coming in changed a lot about our heads-up display and how we sort of integrate with the League of Legends world. We've got to change the repair system, which will automatically help fix corrupt data, which is pretty awesome. But the downside is it can kind of screw with third-party apps like like different uh, custom skins you might have or... Uh, League of Legends recording software. So that's too bad, but I'm glad that like it can help people who are not as good as computers with like as people like you or I help yeah. them fix the game. Well, I mean, the LOL client has always been temperamental since its introduction in the beta, and I'm glad they're finally getting around to fixing it. Absolutely. Because as any League of Legends player will know, the LOL client tends to crash more than work. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? I mean, something that I really miss that has been removed is the Journal of Justice, the lore tab that existed yeah. on our screen. Now we only have three buttons across the top, and it looks so empty to me. Well, I mean, to be fair, I think it was like a lot of wasted space. I loved looking at the lore of my like, favorite champions, like Talon or something like that, but I think that hadn't been updated, or at least the Journal of Justice part of it hasn't been updated since probably around Talon. Because I think the last entry was way back, like maybe a year and a half ago. So it's sad to see it go, go, but I mean, it wasn't updated. It was taking up probably memory space for the game and stuff like that. But Riot has so much money that they could hire people to do lore. And like, if if Riot Games made books or something about the League of Legends world, I think so many people would buy them and read them. Oh, God. It's, It's kind of sad that they're just tossing this whole aspect of the game out the window. Yeah. I mean, you see the World of Warcraft books, you see Halo books doing so well. I'm sure they could definitely get out with um, League of Legends books, talking Absolutely. about like some of the beta, uh, some of the characters that have been in the game for a long, long time. I mean, the idea behind it is so big, too. It's like if Hunger Games was a video game. <laughs> it's basically yeah. like an arena where all these like really unique individuals are facing off every day for guts and glory, defending yeah. like their homelands and stuff. Oh, it would be perfect. <laughs> We also see an update to the layout of invite, start game, and quit buttons that makes it a little clearer what's going on, which is great. Hopefully we won't lose our friends now when we're starting games. No, definitely agree. All good changes. Yep, and the vision system has had a few bugs that were a little fixed. Not quite all the way done. We still have people popping out of like the woods where they aren't popping out of the woods. <laughs> so hopefully they'll get that completely fixed, because that's kind of game-breaking while it still continues to go on. Yeah, for people that um, don't know this bug, it's where on your minimap, someone would come out of the fog, uh, fog of war and say Lee Sin is coming to gank you. He would appear up top on your minimap while he's down bottom in your face. So it's just a quick little bug that kind of people would see, react to it, and then since it was a bug, people would die. So people got really fed up with it. Yeah, and even if you feel like you used your flash by mistake because you were just reacting from what you saw on the minimap, it was it would just destroy your laning phase. Yeah, definitely. 
We also I'm see updates. We've got updates to Soraka and Ash's abilities, icons, and also the particles and sounds in Flash, Clairvoyance, Ghost, and Revive. See, I mean, I personally didn't think any of these changes were necessary, but they're always welcome. Always updating your game. That shows that Riot actually cares about the little things just as much as introducing champions and all this other stuff. So it's great to see the developers actually improving upon, especially, like, the icons. No one actually really looks at the icons that much in game, but it's nice to see that they keep on updating them that it's never a finished product. Yeah, having used those icons for so long, I guess I kind of took them for granted. And maybe yeah. new summoners were looking at them going, oh, why do these icons look so old? Yeah, I mean, for you and me, players that have been around since Season 1, we've just become normalized to all these icons, especially these beta characters. But for the people that are coming in now and are probably looking, oh, why does Sivir have pizza feet? Or why do these icons look like they were drawn in crayon? So, I mean, it's great to see that they keep on updating it as their technology gets better. Yes, and we'd like to hear from all of you. If if you're a newer player or even an older player, if you like these new icons better or worse, please give us a shout. Let us know if Riot's changes really are as effective as they are putting the work into to make them be. <laughs> now, Casey, as we all know, you're a big mid player. I'm a big support player. And one of your little little dudes, Zareth, has recently gotten a huge change to all of his abilities and his entire kit. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, to start off, I love the old Zareth. I didn't really think he needed a rework because if you had a good mid Zareth, that other mid champion was not going to be able to do anything. Uh, just because he would be able to mage chain you and arcana pulse. And if you got anywhere near him, he would just run away. So this new change was kind of interesting because the passive got changed. So he doesn't have magic or, uh, magic penetration anymore. He just kind of gets base mana. His Arcano Pulse, I don't like the change because now you have to charge it up like Varus' Q. Plus, it also gives a telegraph where you're aiming, and it gives a sort of delay, so it's really easy to dodge. Uh, the Eye of Destruction is its new W. It's like his old ultimate, but instead it only does one, like little burst. So it's not as powerful as the old one. His uh, E is his Shocking Orb, which is his old mage change, but now it's a skill shot, and based on how far it travels, it stuns you based off of that and his new ultimate's really really good because you can stand in mid and at 5600 range you can hit all the buffs you can hit baron you can hit other lanes it's actually bigger than um fizz uh what's his name zig's ultimate at max range so being able to hit people with three high burst nukes from anywhere on the map is actually really great i can't wait to see blues get stolen in the lcs with that Oh, yeah, definitely. From, like, the other blue. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, it's going to be cool to see, like, what's, um, what'll happen when this is actually in the LCS. Because currently, I don't like him, but I really want to see him in the hands of, like, a pro and see what, how he handles everything. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think they've increased his skill ceiling. I also like the old Zareth as he was, but, I mean, there's so much potential in these moves, and yeah, with the burst he's going to be able to get, where you don't have one more move that's limited just to rooting yourself down. I mean, that's just part of his ultimate now, so he's got a whole other aspect to his burst. Mm. And along the new lines of champion changes, we also see that Skarner got a bit of a, bit of a, a buff, I guess you could call it? See, personally, 
I think they just wrecked him. I, I agree. <laughs> so for those of you who aren't on the same page as us, his Q no longer slows. That was instead moved to his, his E, Fracture. And his W no longer provides... It, uh, it has no attack speed bonus anymore. And that was moved to... Uh, it wasn't moved at all. His Fracture no longer gives you heals, though. It seems like they just took away a lot of his abilities that gave him little specialities, and they moved one, and then they got rid of his attack speed bonus and his heal marks. So yeah, I don't like, know I, what this was I targeted at. I don't understand what they want Skarner to be now, because with a lot of these reworks, they kind of bring them into the new meta as something that's great, something that works. But with this one, I don't understand what he's trying to be, because... They made him, like, a really attack-speed-heavy champion and didn't really give him any sustain anymore. And yeah. they took down his defenses with his uh, crystallized skeleton and stuff like that. So they made him a character that wants to be tanky, that wants to be in your face, but can't survive for very long. And has attack speed for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has probably one of the strangest passives in the game. But one of the most important changes to Skarner is that now when he ultimates with his Impale, he doesn't shout, now I've got you, unless he has successfully grabbed a target. Yeah. So at least you won't be, like, cold-cocking all the Skarner players anymore by having him yell at when you have missed your ultimate. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So, moving on to our first alphabetical champion who has a change, Ash. Got a great change to her. Her Hawkshot now provides three bonus gold on kill at all ranks. So Ash players do not have to sit in lane leveling up their Hawkshot so that they can be viable late game. Yeah, I mean, my favorite thing, whenever I was playing in a really passive lane, say against like a Draven or a Caitlyn, whenever I played Ash, I would level up Hawkshot and grab, um, I forget the name of the item, but the gold per five plus two uh, two gold per mini Avarice kill. Blade? Yes, that one. Um, I would get rush that first and scale up Hawkshot so I could just get as much gold as possible so I could get my into my mid game and late game quicker. But this is a great change, so now I can actually focus on damage and not have to worry about having Hawkshot leveled up in my lane phase. It's great, and other quality of life improvements include Dr. Mundo's Infected Cleaver, the width being reduced from 80 to 60, because as we all know, that cleaver would hit everything. Yeah. Now See, if only they'll just... reduce Lux's E size, because that just hits <laughs> whoever's, like, looking at it. See, that's, like, a really weird change to me, just changing the width, because if you're still aiming it at someone, like, I don't know. It's, yeah, I agree. I don't think that's why really Mundo's weird... broken. Yeah, I don't think that was what people had a problem with. I think it's more the unstoppable force that's running at you that has... I think in the LCS, someone got it up to, like, 100 health per second or something like that, with his outgoing, his warmogs, and his spirit message. Yeah, but we also saw him get trounced in the Dignitas versus CLG game by a yes. trundle, so yes. I'm, I'm happy to see counterplays being utilized effectively. Yeah, Moving definitely. on... Evelyn's hate spike, the speed around her was increased to make so the uh the missile hits close targets more consistently. We also see a change with Q uh with Kale. Kale's being made to be kind of more of a support champion now because she's been dominating at mid. 
Her ability power ratio on her Q has been reduced from 1 to 0.6, and her Divine Blessing heal ability power ratio has been increased to point, from 0.35 to 0.45, and her ultimate now has no cost. And I think this sets up Kale to be, like, a fantastic support. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Her ultimate was really good against assassin characters because, like, LeBlanc, she came back into the, um, into meta because of champions like LeBlanc, Akali, coming in to burst in a champion and then get right back out. So her intervention was really good, and then people ran her mid with a 1-0 AP ratio on her Q. That was just destroying everyone. So they kind of hit it with a nerf bat on that one. I think point six is a little low, but we'll see how that works out in the end. I'd but agree. I I'd like agree to see her you. keep she's, being strong. Yeah, she's going to still be a really great support against uh, assassins. Definitely. Especially with the grab heavy meta. I mean, they land a grab, she uses her ultimate. It basically negates everything that's going to happen off of that grab. So. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And it's not going to cost her any mana either. It's great. Now, they say there's two types of players in life. People who play Riven and people who hate Riven. <laughs> this patch hopefully will change a little bit of that because her base health, her base health regen has been changed from 5.5 per 5 to 2.5 per 5. So she has half of her old passive base health regen. But they have buffed her E, Valor, the, the dashing shield, by quite a bit, about plus 20 HP at all ranks. So they want Riven players to rely on using the abilities more to block damage than the passive health regen to just sit there and regen from the damage. I'm happy yeah. about this. Yeah, that definitely adds a lot more skill into what you're doing instead of just kind of face rolling. Uh, plus, I think it'll end up being really good because it'll bring back more of the Bloodthirster Rivens because they'll be scaling off of their... Um, attack damage for the shield, plus it'll give them more life steal, so it'll kind of balance out more. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't make her better. <laughs> Please, God, don't make it make her See, better. They hit her with a nerf bat, and she's still top tier. It's not that her AD or any of that stuff is just out of whack. It's her kit in general. And I think it's going along the lines of what we've been talking about with the mobility creep, is that champions that have mobility will always be better than champions without it regardless of how much damage they do. Absolutely. And that's no more apparent than with Yasuo, who came out dashing all over the place, using his <laughs> ultimate on everyone. And yeah. he got hit by the nerf bat pretty darn hard this week. He and got, he's um... He still picked and ban in every single game. Yeah, because his kit is inherently broken. I mean, they didn't change the kit, they just reduced things, or, or changed things. But they increased his movement needed to generate a unit of flow by 15%. The passive flow he is granted when he dashes is decreased. Thank God, because he dashed a lot, and that was just free flow all day. Yeah. And then they uh, they changed the cast range of his ultimate by down from about 100. They also fixed a glitch where it could be used from beyond the maximum range, which was just kind of ridiculous. He could dash like a lane over and just hit you as long as you were up in the air. So <laughs> I, I guess they're kind, they're kind of like shaving Yasuo's OP beard if you will. And yeah. I think eventually they're going to get it down so he he just is a normal, he's got a normal sized beard like the rest of us. That's a bad metaphor, but speaking of <laughs> bad metaphors, Rumble, he's, uh, his only change this patch, because Rumble isn't doing so well, they don't want to hit him with any bats. It, his Q Flame Spitter now uses real flame instead of meatballs, and for that I'm eternally grateful. That was just an ugly move. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I actually went on after we originally started this a week ago uh, and tried his new uh, Flame Spitter on the beta, and it was actually pretty a lot a lot better than the old one. So I'm actually really Is it excited. glorious? There was a lot of flames and a whole lot less meatballs. Nice. Now, this week, I'm sad to say that my favorite champion, Thresh, has been nerfed. His basic attack range was reduced from 475 to 450. So, yeah, that's going to take me about, like, two years of, of training. Oh, actually, more like a year. It's going to take me about, like, a year of of twitch reflexes to completely redo. But I think it had to be done. He's just still a little too good. I mean, like, even... He's better than Blitzcrank at this point. Yeah, definitely agree. And finally, last on our alphabetical list, we have some changes to Ziggs. Now, I think you play a lot of Ziggs, right? So why don't you talk about these changes? Um, alright. So his passive, I always thought was a little strong, just because it would always give you extra bonus damage on just regular auto attacks. And when you're in lane, especially between 1 and 4, auto attacks do a whole lot of damage. So nerfing this was probably a good idea. Plus the Hex... Hexplosive Minefield. Uh, that nerf was more aimed toward just his wave clear because he could plop down a minefield and still wave clear the entire thing without having to do anything else with his minefield. So at least now it'll require him to auto attack or to use his Q to clear waves. And those of you who are wondering what the nerfs are, the passive short fuse, all the base damage on his attacks has been reduced and the ability power ratio has been reduced and his explosive minefield is down from 100% with all mines to 40% damage for each mine they hit beyond the first. So yeah. when a when a line of minions walks through a minefield, it's just like a lot of damage, less damage, way less damage, way less damage. We also see a lot of minor changes in bug fixes. I'm not going to bore you all by going through those. But we see some changes to some items too, and that's important for everyone to learn. Uh, static Shiv, the passive, now only crit critically strikes when the associated attack critically strikes, which is great because a lot of AD carries were double dipping with this item and sort of, whenever they attack with a Static Shiv proc, they get two chances to critically strike, once on the attack and once on the Static Shiv proc, so that's just, I'm glad they're changing that around. Yeah, that was supposed to be in the, uh, patch in 4.1, but they kind of took it out last minute, and that's why a lot of people were really pissed because they were supposed to nerf Yasuo, they're like, oh, we're just taking the static shiv. We're going to nerf that because there's a bug with it. It crits twice or it has two chances to crit. So at least now they're fixing Yasuo and they're fixing the item that was the problem with him. Yeah, Yasuo has enough chances to crit. Thank you very much. <laughs> we also see Randuin's Omen and Warden's Mail now properly slow uh, minions controlled by other players such as Annie's Tibbers and Malzahar's Voidlings, Elise's Spiderlings. They used to be not affected by the slow, but now they are, which... Is good. I mean, I assume that they always were, but Riot keeps track of these things, and they have alerted us. Yeah. You know, the one thing I think we should add into... I've been playing a lot of AD Carry recently, so Random One's Owen being kind of meta for tanky champions. I think there needs to be a counterplay item to Cold Steel. What do you yeah, think? What would that look like? I don't know. Something that... See... I guess the best way to explain it would be an item that would take off all slowing effects on you per auto attack, or something that's like Quicksilver Sash, but can be used on lesser effects like slows and stuff like that. 
Well, I guess Boots of Fervor would be the closest thing I could think of to that. It gives you like 15% per auto attack. Yeah. So that would be a good counterplay. I mean, I think that's like the best build on AD carries anyway, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you really want to be using Boots of um the attack speed Boots, especially for the champions I play because I always play Bane, Ash, and so on. So you want to get as many attacks out there as possible. Um, I always think of Boots of Fervor as being kind of, if I'm getting crushed and there's so much CC on their team, then I'll pick them up. Uh, I don't know what pros do. I haven't actually been looking at the Boots, and I'm sorry. Uh, the Fervor is an update to the Boots after. Like, you pick attack speed, and then you can oh, have, yeah, like, Home Guard sorry. or Fervor or the other thing. Yeah. So you can pick it on the attack speed Boots. Yeah. I think it's pretty much the best pick for an attack, like an AD carry. Okay. I yeah, mean, I guess Alacrity I, would be pretty good, but, I mean, when you're attacking people and gaining 15% per attack, that's just ridiculous movement speed. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I always pick that up on AD carries, um, unless they're at our base and I pick up Home Guard. But that still doesn't take off the percent slow of Cold Steel. So I think there just needs to be, like, a little item that reduces the slow or reduces the attack speed slow, something like that. So that Like a tenacity happen. gaining per attack? item. Yeah, I mean, like, the boot upgrades, it would be a perfect place to put them, because you don't really see randoins until mid-game, late-game anyway, and it would be something like reduces attack speed slows by, like, 10%. Nothing that takes them off entirely, but kind of gives you a mid-game boost against these kind of items. I think you'd have to see that kind of effect as, like, a really, really auxiliary item effect, because if if you bought an item just to do that, it would be, like, no one would ever buy it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you're definitely right, though. The meta's really stacked towards the really tanky champions right now, and I think that Riot is kind of moving against that because they nerfed Perseverance this patch, which was, for those of you who don't know all of the little tiny skill tree passives, it was a mastery that would uh, give you health regen per percentage of missing health. And they've reduced that from 0.7% to 0.35%. That's, like, half. It's now does half of what it did. Which is great, because now tanks can't just sit around all day regening a percentage of their missing health, which is generally a lot of health. Yeah. And our last notable patch change is that uh, in patch 4.1, they made a change to turrets to counter fast push strategies, and it made it so that um, within the first eight minutes of the game, certain turrets were stronger. I think it was the top and, and mid lane outer turrets were stronger against... They had more armor so that you couldn't push them down quicker, which was just ridiculous. Making certain turrets in part of the game stronger than others to combat a certain strategy is not in the spirit of League of Legends. It doesn't allow for, like, really innovative plays, and they're basically just crushing innovation to try to reinforce the meta. So now they've changed that, and they've just made it so that uh, it's a permanent change to all towers. Or it's a permanent change to the top and mid lane outer turrets. It's not just within the first eight minutes, which I guess makes kind of more sense. Still, I'd like to see it be even amongst all towers. Yeah, I mean, I think that was more towards fast push, fast push, and also teams that would do the lane switch, where it would be a two v one kind of situation, so that the team that went top would be really at a disadvantage. Their bottom tower would be taken while their top tower would still be at like half health or something like that. I think they did that to make it so that the early stages of the game weren't so lackluster. Because when you have a 2v1, 
two lanes are going to just be sitting there pushing down towers for the first five minutes and not actually doing anything. Yeah, you saw that in a lot of LCS play. It was basically like a trade-off. Yeah, and I think they just did it for the LCS players that play top because sitting there for the first five, six minutes not being able to do anything except sit underneath your tower and maybe get five or six minions, that's not very fun. So I agree with the change. I just think that they need to do it to all towers instead of just top and mid because it definitely messes up with strategy. And I don't like that they're kind of just taking that entire strategy and wiping it off the board. Yeah, and ain't that the truth. And speaking of LCS, we had a lot, a lot, a lot of LCS news for this week. I mean, in North America and in Europe. I'll start with Europe because I know that most of our listeners are probably coming from North America. We want to make them wait for the good stuff. (laughs) Well, one of the big surprises to me was that Rockat has now taken the top of Europe's roster. I mean, we see them at 9-3 and right now, beating Fnatic, who was completely undefeated, beating Gambit, who's right below them at 8-4, and and basically SK Gaming and Super Hot Crew are the midline. Copenhagen Wolves, a former favorite, is now at 4-8. and They're in the lowest end. And Alliance is kind of coming back. They're 4-8 and from having zero wins. The Millennium's just the lowest. I mean, they're the newcomers. <laughs> you could expect that. Yeah. But yeah, Rockat is now the best in Europe, which is, as a newcomer, that's huge. Yeah, no, I agree with that. you on that. Um, uh, they kind of seem like Cloud9. They are doing the really cool, innovative ways of playing the game. Like we saw in their first week of LCS, they brought in Pantheon and Malphite. That was something that no one had done in a long, long time, and they just wrecked with it. Yeah, and we see a lot of Pantheon actually coming into the LCS in the uh, the Dignitas game. Dignitas versus CLG game I just saw. Or no, no, it was uh, TSM versus CLG. There was a Pantheon being run, and they actually crushed with it. Yeah. So Pantheon's actually a really strong champion, and I like these new innovative ways of playing the game, because you saw with Cloud9 last split, where they ran the Ash Zyra bottom, and no one had done that ever, and then they just started to crush with it. So it's these teams that come up with these innovative strategies, these innovative compositions that actually end up winning, which is great. And it, it kind of stops stagnation where TSM, Fnatic, Gavin Gaming are always at the top because they're always doing the old strategies that they've mastered. And yeah, it's great exactly. To see these new innovative teams coming up on top. And there's no counterplay to a Pantheon gank, really, except if you ward out everywhere behind them within a radius of a Pantheon ult, which is almost impossible. (laughs) But yeah, I definitely think this week has been a strong theme of people sticking to the old ways and not innovating, getting crushed. I mean, we see Fnatic going from undefeated to losing, like, five almost straight games. And the the innovators like Gambit and Rockat are really climbing up the, the roster in Europe. I'm surprised that Copenhagen Wolves, who is previously been kind of a, a dark horse and a big innovator at 4-8. and eight. But in America, we see Cloud9 choking pretty hard, racking up three three losses, and TSM really pulling to the fourth run. I mean, they're not really known as an innovator, but with the addition of Bjergsen and Wild Turtle, their roster's really strong, and it seems like they can kind of innovate their way to the win. I mean, Bjergsen's bringing in that, like, he was one of the best mids in Europe at the time, and now he's over in America, which is... I realize that we're just as good as them, but our mids could use some improvement and learn something from the European mids. Yeah. The NA scene has definitely raised up in skill level a lot, and I definitely think it's because of these international tournaments. The world's, uh, the world's uh, champion at the end of uh, each split 
those are really cool, and it makes people realize, oh, we need to practice more. Oh, we need to follow these people more and do things that they're doing. And I think with Team Solo Mid, I think it's just individual skill level is just so high with, like, Wild Turtle having the top four accounts in Challenger mode for NL, uh, for the NA scene. Berrickson being uh, hyper carry with whatever champion he's playing with. I think they're just so mechanically skilled at this point that they're beating everyone else out, even with these innovative strategies. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we see a strong midfield with CLG and Dignitas. And both those teams, I think basically once they stopped trying to stick to the meta and started having fun with things, like Dignitas came up against Cloud9. They had nothing to lose, and they kind of ran a cheesy comp. They destroyed Cloud9. And I yeah. think at that point they realized, like, wow, we're really going to have to just be crazy and do something they wouldn't expect in order to win these games. Of no, course, absolutely. that doesn't change anything for XDG and Evil Geniuses and Coast and Curse, who are all kind of sitting at the bottom right now with negative leads. But well, I think XDG, I am so happy that they're at the bottom because I personally hated Zuna because he just seemed like, since we're on a podcast, a bad person for the like, entirety of the LCS last season. Oh, yeah. I don't think Zuna's making any friends out there in the fandom. No, so and it's good to see him from, paying for that. Yeah, and he went from AD carry to jungle, which is, as an AD carry and a mid lane player myself, I would hate to do that. I don't have the mindset for jungle. I wish I did, but it's a really, really big change from going from a farm-heavy lane, especially when he played Tristana was his main character last year. Uh, last year, so a really farm-heavy champ, a really late-game champ to someone or a position that's really all about early pressure and stuff like that. So it's a really hard change for him, but I'm glad to see them at the bottom personally. And, I mean, can we talk about, like, how the meta's kind of changed recently? We have – I haven't seen a lot of AP carries, like, often. I mean, oftentimes you'll see, like, a Kha'Zix mid, and he's just so much stronger than, like, a normal AP carry. You'll see teams of entire AD. Yeah. And you can always well, run your I've, AP as your support if you want to. Yeah, I mean, I know why that's going to be really strong because of things like Telmot and Hydra being really, really strong because it allows her that quick 100% AD damage. So on champions like Kha'Zix that go in there, burst you down really quickly, having an extra auto attack whenever you want is a huge deal, especially when you're talking about 200, 300 damage from AD. And no AP burst can come close to that because they have to get to mid late game before they can do anything worth that kind of damage. Yeah, that seems kind of ass backwards to me. It seems like <laughs> the APs should be having the burst early game and the ADs should have to wait for later. I guess, I'm, I get, I don't know, I'm thinking that Hydra's going to need a nerf or something in the near future. It's not being used at all in the way that, that uh, Riot seemed to want it to be used in. Yeah. I mean, you see champions with wave clear like Riven picking this up as the mandatory pick because it just does so much damage with its active. I think that if they nerf the active to say instead of 100% to 60 maybe do 75 to 30 or something like that and I think you would see a lot less of it used and it would be more used as a per pushing strategy which I think was its original attempt. Yeah I mean Hydra's purpose was to do AoE damage from an attack to multiple targets and right now it's being used as kind of a dueling tool for single targets. It's, it's They've turned it around completely on its head. Yeah. So we'll I'll, see how that goes. Uh, Riot will probably get on that next season. 
Riot, please. Worth of nerf and ban- uh, nerf and buffs taking so long. I think it'll probably be next split before we see anything done to that. But yeah, this week we've also seen the uh, the Eastern Asian teams starting up, so I'm really excited to watch those matches. I'm, I mean, I know they're all going to crush us when we get to Worlds, so I guess that's like our preliminary Worlds watching as far as the best teams in the world. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking that this year, over time, you're right, it has sort of evened out amongst other players as they're playing more and more internationally. We see our teams coming to a closer skill level, but... That, that's what I'm watching the Eastern Asian uh, LCS for, to see just how, how much we have to travel to get to their level. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that they, where we see teams like um, CounterLogic, Team Dignitas, and Rocket all innovating, and everyone else is kind of falling behind because they're not, every team in the, in the Korean scene and the China scene they're all doing innovative strats. Like, if you watch a game that's normal meta, that's because they're the worst teams in the division, and they can't. They want to just play normal to win. Yeah, all their other teams are playing like huge innovative strategies, like playing. I think last season, I saw our, what was it? Like a comp that was split pushing on both different lanes and just kept on avoiding fights the entire game. Oh, that's cool. I'd like to see more like that. you got to link me to that match afterwards. Definitely. And if you have any innovative matches out there, viewers, please feel free to link them in iTunes descriptions. We'll watch them and talk about them on the next show. I mean, we are big lovers of innovation. We like to see the meta get shaken up. I'm a Gambit Gaming fan. I mean, need I say more? (laughs) So um, I think our last news for today is that uh, we got the Valentine's Day stuff coming back in the League of Legends world. we got the... uh, the special uh, Cupid Ward skins, and also Heartseeker Vein is available now. So if you wanted to grab those for your significant other, if you wanted them last year but didn't get them, you've got a second chance. Where, where was my Valentine's gift, Drew? I told you that I was a huge Ash player and I didn't get gifted the Ash skin. I'm disappointed, man. Oh, oh. Awkward. I used my RP <laughs> on my girlfriend. Uh-oh. I'm sorry, Casey. I'll get you back next Valentine's Day. Okay, I'll be looking forward to it. All right, that's all the news we have for you today, Summoners. Please keep playing, stop raging, and we'll see you on the Rift. Have a good one, guys.